Hello and welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to Apple platforms and Apple development, including macOS, iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS, and any other OS they've invented this week. So with that, let's get on with the show. All right, so this week I got a couple of news items, and I've also got an interesting story to relay about uh, using Swift UI modifiers in a conditional way, so we'll be talking about that. All right, first of all, uh, you've heard me mention this before. This was uh, something we've been waiting to arrive. The App Store Small Business Program is now live taking applications. I'll put a link in the show notes, but you can go to developer.apple.com forward slash app dash store forward slash small dash business dash program forward slash. And there you're going to find out an explanation of how it works and everything you need to know about uh, either applying to enroll in the program or the conditions. Just to go over a couple of the basic uh, items on it again, in case you're not familiar with it and you've missed it before. The idea here is that if you earn less than 1 million US dollars from the app store, you can apply for this program. And Apple's percentage on their take, instead of taking 30%, they will take 15% for that year. Now, at the end of the year, it seems like you do have to reapply. And if you go over $1 million, it will jump up to the 30% bracket for the rest of that year. Lots of other details. Like I say, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But that program is now live and taking uh, submissions. So if you're a small developer or... You know, you don't have much by way of sales, something like that. Although for me, I'd be absolutely deliriously delighted if I took over $1 million. Honestly, I think this probably applies to most uh, developers on the App Store. So that's a good thing right there. I'd love to be one of that small, like 1% or 2% who earn over $1 million, but that certainly is not me. Probably not most of you either. So that's the first news item. Exciting news on the homebrew front this week. And I think, you know, a lot of us are homebrew users. Homebrew, for if you don't know what it is, is a sort of a terminal-based application that allows for easily installing software on a Mac and managing it and that kind of thing. But the important part here is we had been waiting for M1 chip support. Well, now in this 2.6.0 release, we have initial support. And I'm going to quote a little bit here from the uh, release notes, because I think it's important. So macOS Homebrew running natively on M1 Apple Silicon ARM has partial functionality. They recommend installing into the slash opt slash homebrew and don't allow it to install into slash user slash local to avoid clashing with the macOS Intel install if you have that and allow their usage side by side. They still recommend currently running Homebrew using the Intel emulation with Rosetta 2, which is a perfectly fine performance, but it is good to see that initial early support getting in there. Uh, certainly fantastic news for all those M1 chip users out there with those super fast Macs. Other notable things in this release is, you know, there is now Big Sur support in this release. Um, High Sierra is now unsupported. And there's lots of other notes in there as well. I will include a link in the show notes so that you can go and see for yourself a lot of changes under the hood as well. But that M1 support is certainly most welcome. Time for a break. Break time over. 
All right, sit down, everybody. It is story time. And this is the story of the Swift UI conditional modifier. It's not a horror story, but it started out as one. So what I wanted to do here, the goal was, you know, hopefully by now you're familiar with what a Swift modifier is. Uh, for those of you who don't, very quickly, it's a way that you apply uh, settings to a Swift UI control. You know, like for text, it might be bold. That would be a modifier, something like that, right? So what I wanted to do, I wanted to have it so that under certain conditions, Swift UI modifiers would either be applied or not applied to particular objects. So in this case, for example, I wanted to apply a drop shadow to an active set of controls in like a little panel. And when something else lost focus, I wanted that shadow to go away. So I wanted to remove those modifiers. Now, I had to think about this a little bit, and I'll be honest, it confused me because initially I thought this won't be that hard to do, but it turned out it was a little harder than I had expected. Eventually I found the answer that worked for me, and I found it by way of a thread on the forums.swift.org, and this one was uh, labeled, it was called Conditionally Applied Modifier in Swift UI, and the original poster has just the the best you know, name ever, Confused Wallon. So shout to you, great name. And in the thread, they're basically saying, look, this is exactly what they wanted to do. Now, as you go down through, you know, some of the uh, stuff that's in there, it turns out what you have to do is, or certainly the one that worked for me, was you create an extension to the view. And you create a function in there, and they've got this function that sort of reads like this. I'll put a link in the show notes. But I want to give them credit because, you know, this solution wasn't mine. It just worked for me. So they have this function that if, you know, if true is the name of the function, and then there's a Boolean that tests the, you know, to see what it, what's true, right? And then it applies a transform. And so what happens is if, if it's true, it applies this transform and returns it. If it's not true, it just returns itself with no transform. So that's basically the same as saying, you know, apply this modifier if this is true. And if this isn't true, don't apply this modifier. So what I did, I created a state variable, which uh, I think it was called, uh, you know, has focus, something like that. And, you know, if has focus is true, apply these modifiers. And if it's not true, then don't do that. And then over in my code for each object, what I basically do is I put in there, an if statement that says, you know, if this condition is true, so this particular thing has focus, I'll go ahead and apply these modifiers. And if they're not there, then if it's not true, don't apply them to the view. Now, the reason this works is because if you remember Swift UI, anytime something on the state changes, it rebuilds the view. So you have to think about this differently. Right. You've got to imagine that it's coming back to this view and each time it's checking. So that's why we're using state here to say state of this view has changed. Refresh the view. When it refreshes the view and displays it, that modify that variable is now set to true. So go ahead and apply these modifiers. And that's how this works, which I got to be honest, I, I feel like in the future, there's got to be a better way to do this. And maybe they're working on that. But if you need something like this, this is a very elegant way of doing it by just adding an extension to the view. Again, I'll put a link to the thread that I found this solution on in the show notes. 
So I hope that's going to help some of you. It certainly solved a lot of problems on how I wanted to do some fancy things in some of the views in a Swift UI based application that I'm working on. So that's my fun story of the week there. And that's going to wrap it up this week where we're getting close to sort of the 10 minute mark that I tried to aim for for each of these shows. If this has been helpful, please, you know, do the usual thing, right? Tell people about it, like, subscribe, give me feedback. Uh, you can go to at CompileSwift on Twitter or you can go to CompileSwift.com. Um, if there's anything that you think might be interesting for listeners and one included in the show, you can also contact me, CompileSwift.com forward slash contact and tell me about it. I just certainly love exploring things. So maybe if you have a solution or a tool or anything like that that you think would benefit the Swift community, please reach out and tell me, and I will be only too happy to share it. Um, I'm considering in the future doing interviews. I've never done interviews in a podcast, but I've certainly been interviewed a lot of times, and it's something that I'm thinking about too. So maybe if that's something that might interest you, use that contact form and let me know about that as well. With that, take care. I hope your code compiles swiftly, and I'll speak to you next time.